Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Druids Grove. I hope that what you've heard so far on the podcast has been helpful. Uh, We've covered a lot of territory, so today we're going to start on the path of the different levels in Druidry, and today we're going to start with the Bard. So as I mentioned before, I am a member of the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, and in that organization, like some other organizations, uh, the Bard is one of the the paths that you take. Uh, The way Obod structures it, uh, the Bard is the first year or... Some people stay in this level for years, uh, but the Bard is kind of a path that many people don't really understand, so I was hoping to lay out some information about it. So colloquially, if people think of what a Bard is, they may think of, you know, movies or video games or, you know, mystery novels or mythology books or, uh, you know, thinking back, it, it may appear to be something along the lines of, someone that is a singer or a poet, a storyteller, a minstrel, um, you know, a musician, um, somewhat of an entertainer. They may think of a bard as someone that, um, you know, kind of captures people's attention and provokes imagination. Um, But in reality, some of that is true. Uh, But historically, the the role of the bard in Druidry, uh, they were historians Um, So they used sarcasm and satire and allegory to kind of teach others or to guide their thoughts or uh, to provide insight into just kind of the day-to-day workings of society. In the Old Druid tradition, there were different stages of learning in the Bard grade. Uh, The first few years focused on learning poetry and satire, uh, learning specific stories, memorizing these stories, learning about the OAM alphabet, O-G-H-A-M, which we talked about earlier. Um, <clears throat> then they progressed to combining the OAM, or these letters, into different patterns for story or expression. Um, they also learned about uh, a little bit about philosophy, um, the proper use of grammar and grammatical context and how to manipulate it creatively. So, you know, starting... Uh, rhyming and storytelling in, in poetic form. And over the years, they kept building on this knowledge base. Um, they did learn more about how to prophecy, how to read the environment. Um, they learned about local and cultural and historical facts about their country. And finally, they become what, what we would consider today a doctor of poetry. Um, in their daily practice, the, the different levels of bards had they would carry tree branches around and they had different colors on them to demonstrate their status whether they were a novice at an entry level you know middle grade or had achieved the full doctor level of poetry they also had bells attached to their sticks so that when they would walk into the the rooms or the the halls of the castles they would they would jingle the bell so that everyone knew that the bard was entering so then everyone would be quiet to pay attention and listen to what the bard had to say 
So for their training, the bards would train for about 21 years. I found some different sources on this, different timelines. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, they, they work to develop a knowledge of creative expression, different types of mythology. Uh, they practice storytelling, music, different musical instruments, uh, different poetry. And today, a lot of the lore and the stories and the poetry that still exists in like Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and England came from the ancient bards and, and from that time. But most people today don't realize that it came from that time and came from the Druids. And we mentioned it earlier that the bards were also historians. And one of their functions was that they helped to teach um, the, the princes and princesses and the kings and the queens um, about the history of the land. They taught them how to read and write. Um, they taught them about, you know, the different classes of people and the social organization and structure and helped to kind of guide the, 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 young, the young nobility into, as they got older, they would educate them. So when they started their training, uh, they would start with small songs or poems and, and learn those by heart. Then they would progress to learning different stories by heart and back then it wasn't there wasn't much written language so the stories were all um, oral oral stories so they you know we would consider it a book today but they would learn entire books by heart so they would learn you know thousands of lines in a story or, or a book and they learned thousands of stories so what they would do to do this um, it wasn't like you know a formal classroom. They did have you know educational sessions, but they would they would learn it, and then they would go isolate themselves into a dark room with no sensory experience, and to shut themselves off from external stimulus. So no light, no sound, no other people. Uh, they didn't want any distractions, and then they would memorize these stories and retell them to themselves over and over and over until they got them down. So that this power of sensory deprivation led to kind of their further a uh, further expansion of their inner insight and and memory and strengthening of the the kind of the exploration and expression of different ideas of knowledge and expression of knowledge so after they worked on really extensively memorizing a lot of these things they would eventually come to the point of creating their own poetry and stories so they took what they learned from history and, and, and actual existing mythology and stories, and then they would work on kind of inventing their own poetry and songs and, and stories. So the bard also, one, one thing that they did, they could use the power of word to transmit teachings, open doors, whether these are you know metaphorical doors of insight into one's own personal spiritual experience or you know, opening the doors of wisdom and knowledge culturally for others to to have some insight into the workings of things. Um, also about nature and connecting to nature. Uh, they help to influence people, um, the nobility. They help to influence their decision-making. And they were also teachers, like I said earlier. They did incorporate aspects of the Ovate and the Druid grades before they actually knew that that's what they were doing. Um, so it was kind of built into the role a little bit. So like learning about aspects of inner exploration, connecting to nature, working with others, uh, guiding people, you know, to increase their knowledge and understanding. These are all 
aspects of the Ovate and the Druid grade as well, but they incorporated them in the Bardic grade. So one of the uh, one poet, William Blake, was a famous poet. He was also um, it was it was thought that he was a druid himself, um, but he he wrote a lot of poetry. And one of them he talks about the bard. And I'm just going to read this poem very quickly. It's called the first song of experience. And this is William Blake. He says, "Oh, hear the voice of the bard, who present, past, and future sees, whose ears have heard the holy word." that walked among the ancient trees. So there he talks about um, how the bard might look into the past, present, and future, and they have this insight into creativity, and they walk among the trees. So this is kind of a, a brief exploration into the role of the bard in Druidry. Bards also um, learn, and, and today in different organizations, they learn about the concept of the wheel of the year, um, which I talked about a couple of episodes ago. Um, they taught, they learn about the elements, so earth, air, fire, and water. And um, spirit is also considered an element. We talked about that um, on the when we discussed the pentagram. And I'm going to do episodes on each of those later as well. Um, they learned about the, the representation of the elements, uh, kind of philosophically and metaphorically. And they start to understand how to connect all of those um, spiritually. So they work on that as well. They start to learn about history, mythology, story, and most importantly, to be open and aware to the Awen. So in many Druid organizations, um, the Awen is something that is is kind of ubiquitous and through, through all practices of Druidry. <clears throat> Awen is, I'm going to do a whole episode on the Awen later, um, but Awen, A-W-E-N, is the creative force that is channeled through the universe. I know it seems kind of weird to think about, um, but you, in, when you study Druidry, you learn how to um, be aware of Awen and to tap into it and to kind of channel it and, and, and embrace it. Um, it's, it's a force that's kind of always around us and it's always inside us. It's in everything. Um, but you have to learn how to be open to it and to be inspired by it. And one way to do that is learning how to let go of ego and the concept of self. So when we take on our own persona and our own egotistical perception of the world, we think that we are in charge, that we run everything, that everything revolves around us. But, excuse me, my throat is getting dry. Sorry, I'm drinking water. Um... But in, in the Bardic grade, you learn about the Awen, and you learn how to be open to it and to tap into it and be inspired by it. It's, it's the creative inspiration that flows throughout the world. And it is in everything. It's in the spirit of the universe, the spirit of place. It's in animals and, and, and the elements, and all of these are expressed through Awen, and by tapping into Awen, it can help you express those things as well. And we did talk about the Eightfold Wheel of the Year, um, the Bardic uh, grade, and the Bards worked on creative, creating a relationship with this and developing a practice to work within it every year to connect to your local environment. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat is very dry. I'm not sure why. Sorry. I had to get some water in there. <clears throat> 
so we, they learn about the eightfold wheel of the year and to develop a local uh, relationship with their local environment and to pay attention to the, the seasons and to celebrate the holidays and to help develop a deeper connection to the earth around them. And this is very important throughout um, the grades of the Ovate and the Druid as well. So it's not just about learning how to do this as a bard, but you're building a foundation that you carry on with you for the rest of your time uh, in Druidry. So even though I'm in an Ovate grade, I learned about the Wheel of the Year, and, and I, I even now I pay a, a lot more attention to it, and I try to practice it and embrace it uh, on a local level on my environment around me than I did even in the Bardic grade. So looking at today, we've talked about the history of them. So what would a bard do in the bardic grade today? Well, um, the purpose of working in this grade is to kind of ease into druidry. And like we've talked about, to develop a relationship and connection to the natural world around us. So in today's world, you know, we're stuck in this uh, industrialized society. We're, we're pretty alienated from our previous previous connection to earth and nature and <clears throat> living off the land and and working with nature so the bardic tradition today works on reestablishing that you know we've lost the connection to our roots and our history the old ways of understanding our role in the microcosm and the macrocosm of our local environment and the world at large <clears throat> so from a spiritual perspective and also a physical perspective, you know, we're, we're so disconnected and we have this false idea that we are in control. So the Bardic Grade is about um, breaking down that ego and that false idea of being in control of everything and, and learning about your connection with everything. You know, kind of briefly speaking, in the Bardic Grade, there are many teachings that I can't um, talk about in relation to Obad, um, but some of the basic ideas you know, we've talked about our, our working to develop creativity in a way that you're not used to, to kind of help express um, Awen through through your uh, spiritual practice. And typically you're supposed to pick something that you were not previously um, uh, proficient at. So, like for me, I, I, I used to write a little bit of poetry, but I decided I'm going to write a poem every day during my bardic grade. And, and some days that was very tough. So, Every day I would try to tap into the Awen and try to understand it and to get some type of spiritual creative insight, and I would write a poem, even if it was just a three-line haiku. And I wrote those down, and then I, I, at the end of my year, I kind of made them into a little book. I, I printed them out and made a book, and then I gave it, I gave it as a gift to some people <clears throat> that are important in my life and supported me on this journey. Um, I didn't... I wasn't able to do it every day. It was a little bit tricky, um, but it, it was it was such a great experience. And you know, even today when I'm walking in the woods or or see something um, that gives me some insight or um, some spiritual, you know, a spiritual connection, I, I I'm more comfortable creatively expressing that. And I'll just think of a, a poetic line in my head. I don't I may not even write it down, but just it just helps me to be more creative in the moment and to appreciate things. Other people may take up an, a musical instrument or learn to paint, uh, write books, do pottery, anything that helps you to be uh, creative and to express their creativity and to be open through the, through the Awen and to connect with nature and to understand their role in their local environment and in the universe. 
So by understanding the roles of the bard in the past, uh, looking at what they did historically, we can learn what they did and apply it to today's world. And in our fast-paced environment, the day that we live in, you know, being able to slow down and appreciate nature and to see what's around us and to build a connection to all the beings and the spirits around us, we can feel more at ease. We can feel more purposeful. We can kind of gain an insight into a sense of being helpful and letting go of that ego and developing a relationship with what's around us rather than trying to always be in control. You know, rather than feeling like we're being tossed around like a ship in a rough sea as we go through life, we can we can let go of this control and we can be more fully present in the moment. And, and part of that irony is that when we let go of this grasping and trying to manipulate everything, this is when we can fully start to evolve and feel and see that we're part of a microcosm and a macrocosm. You know, we're 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 connected at at everything from a tiny atomic level to you know to the entire universe in itself. We are the universe in our physical bodies. And the Bardic Grade helps us to see that. It helps us to see that we're not in control. We're just a single atom in this vastness of the whole universe. You know, rather than being upset about something that may bother us on a on a day-to-day basis, you know, the cashier at the grocery store taking too long, we can we can appreciate where we are in that moment and we can see the connection and see how we're connected to the human beings around us. We can appreciate it and acknowledge it and we can work on accessing that creative inspiration through the Awen and to show others the wonder and the beauty of what it means to be a human today. So this is just a little bit about what the history of the bards and then what bards do today and kind of how one might develop their spiritual practice as a bard. I would encourage you um, to look around online to find some information about what a bard is and some of the druid organizations and how the bardic role is expressed through them. Uh, Druidry.org is the Obad website, and they have uh, separate sections for the bard, the Obate, the druid, and they're pretty lengthy, so you can you can really read and get a good description of what they what they are. So I hope you found this helpful. Uh, next episode, we're going to talk about the Ovate. And I do apologize for my dry throat and coughing and pausing for water. So we're all human, right? So thank you for listening. Spring Walk Meandering through a meadow alive with blooming flowers, watching for the threat of possible showers. The sound of honeybees float along to fill my ear. The sight of leaves on trees announce arrival of a new year. The sun warms up my skin with the breeze upon my face, walking here again making new memories of this place. Crows calling, backdrop of blue, circling down to light on a limb. Squirrels darting, staying out of view, memories gone of a winter so grim. A rocky brook full of trout leaping to catch mayflies in their mouth. Across the field I see the deer are tall and stout. Everything is growing with the warmth from the south. Time passes too fast. I wish it would stand still. Oh, to capture this moment in a jar of glass, or capture its essence in the form of a pill. Wherever I am, wherever I go, I want to keep this close to my heart. 
Whatever happens, I'll always know. From this love, I shall never part. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.